Today's episode is sponsored by Cindy Suds. Hey, I'm Cindy, and I'm the owner and creator of Cindy Suds. We make all-natural bath, body, and home products for families seeking to create a healthier environment for their families. You can find us locally at Kingmas, Harvest Health, Hopscotch, and several other local retailers. And if you're outside of the West Michigan area, you can always look us up online, www.cindysuds.com. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Doulas. I am Alyssa, postpartum doula and co-owner at Gold Coast. And today we have Rebecca and she is owner of Love Your Birth and she does our placenta encapsulation at Gold Coast. Yeah. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. So we get a lot of questions from clients about placenta encapsulation. Um, and can you kind of explain the reasoning behind, like, why would anyone encapsulate? Yeah, definitely. So the idea behind encapsulation is we'll start off with what the function of the placenta is during pregnancy. It is um, an organ that the mother creates when she gets pregnant. And what it does is it um, helps you know, process the things that the mother is ingesting and making sure that the baby gets the nutrients and the blood supply. So there's the umbilical cord that sends the blood and the oxygen to the baby. But it also secretes a lot of the main hormones in pregnancy, one of them being progesterone and another one being estrogen. And progesterone is actually the main hormone that keeps a woman pregnant. Okay. So a lot of um, reasons behind like a miscarriage is that a woman's progesterone levels are too low and so she has a miscarriage because that hormone is what keeps the woman pregnant and so when um, a woman gives birth she not only gives birth to her baby but she also gives birth to the placenta so she's losing all of those hormones all at once and so there's a huge drop in hormone levels postpartum and around day three is when uh, the mother will have one of the lowest hormone points in her life. And that's when the baby blues come into play, exactly. right? It's usually the first yes, five days or so. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when a woman starts ingesting the placenta, because of all those hormones and those nutrients that she had when she was pregnant, it kind of creates more of a slope in the hormone drop rather than like jumping off of a cliff. Right. Just a severe drop. It's exactly. more gradual. Exactly. So we don't feel so crazy. Yes. <laughs> and you know, a placenta encapsulation, ingesting your placenta, it's not a cure-all. Like if you have signs and symptoms of postpartum depression, go get help. Ingesting your placenta is just a supplement. Like if you have iron deficiency anemia, like you will take the supplement of iron, right? So, so what are some of the main benefits So the suggested benefits are, because there's not a whole lot of scientific research out there, um, women have reported that they've had um, help in stabilizing mood, you know, making you feel better. If you feel angry, like it can help, you know, just give you this extra boost. Um, Energy, especially, that's one of the most common feedback from uh, clients is that they get a nice boost of energy, which can be really helpful when you have a newborn, right? And you're sleep deprived. Exactly. (laughs) There's reported benefits for lactation. It can help enhance milk supply. And there's the energy factor, so the iron levels. Um, There was actually a recent study that just came out that 
they, they did a placebo with placenta pills versus uh, placebo beef pills. And the placebo placenta. beef. Yes. What is the placebo Like beef? desiccated, if you think of like desiccated liver. Oh, okay. So just like a, like, instead of your placenta, it's a, a cow liver. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, so they found that the placenta pills had higher uh, iron content versus the placebo beef pills. Okay. And so that might help um, bring the iron levels back up. Okay. Postpartum, because you lose a lot of blood when you're giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some people who uh, say that it helps them with sleep. Um, although, <laughs> because of the energy boost, if you take them too late at night, you might have trouble sleeping. Okay. But sometimes it can be super helpful to take them late at night when you're expecting to be up all night with a newborn, right? right? Yeah, if you know you're not going to get sleep and you have exactly. to be up until 3 in the morning. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of benefits. Uh, and, again, even if there's that lack of scientific research out there, you know, if it's placebo, is it still worth it? Right, you know, because the, the mind, mind is, is powerful. So, exactly, the mind is so powerful. And if you believe that it's going to help you and it helps you and it gives you this feeling that, you know, you're healing better postpartum, like, do it. Right. Yeah. And it's coming from your own body. And so a lot right. of people are really grossed out about, like, I, I made this thing and now I'm going to eat it. Yeah, so getting past that ick factor. The like, ick factor. Is that a big... You know, that's something that I hear from clients a lot is like, oh my God, this sounds disgusting. Yeah. Um, so do you have clients who get over that and how, um, or do you just say, no, when you understand the process, it's not gross at all. Yes. It's hard to get past that egg factor because it's your, you know, something that your own body created, but we do this all the time. I mean, we eat meat from animals all the time. So right. really, what is the difference? Right. So unless you're and, a vegan, maybe they yes, don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, unless you're vegan. Percent. But I have had a lot of vegan clients who, you know, it doesn't bother them because it came from it's, their own body. Yeah. It's not an animal. Um, for an animal. Exactly. Okay. So with that egg factor, um, you are not the one who's going to be handling the placenta. Like, I take that over for you. You don't necessarily have to see what your placenta looks like. You don't have to look at the blood. You don't have to look at, like, the organ. I kind of take that off your hands and, you know, your placenta comes back to you in little tiny capsules that look just like, you know, multivitamins that you would get. From so if you never, store. you have your baby and you never get a glimpse of your placenta, you don't even have to know how gross exactly. it is. Exactly. <laughs> it just comes back in a little pill form right. and it's like taking your multivitamins. So, right. you know, for clients who have that issue with egg factor, I just, okay, don't look at your placenta after mm-hmm. it comes out. I won't send you pictures if you don't want me to. And you'll just get to see the pills. Yeah. And I do have clients who are super interested in like what the placenta looks like. And I love taking pictures because I, in my circle, I'm known as the placenta lady. Like I'm obsessed <laughs> with placentas. I think they're beautiful. And some, you know, clients are really interested in that too. So if yeah. they want me to take a picture and send that to them, I'll do it. And I love taking pictures to show them like uh, with the amniotic sac. Oh. I'll show them like how their baby kind of floated in there for oh, those, wow. you know, yeah. 10 months and what the maternal side looks like and what the fetal side looks like. So some people are really interested in that and some people are really grossed out. Yeah. And I don't I, do well with blood. I didn't want to see my placenta and I did accidentally <laughs> and I got really grossed out. 
Yeah, you know, everybody's different. And so for the clients who are really interested in it, I love sending them pictures. And for yeah. those that aren't, like, okay, I'll take over everything. And you just get to have your little happy pills at the yeah. end. So you mentioned pills. Is that the most common method? I know there are several, but can you list maybe your top two most common methods that yeah, people use? Definitely. So it's the encapsulation method where you get the little pills. Okay. Um, the most common one that I do is I call it the raw method because... Okay. It's just your placenta. I rinse it off. Um, I cut it up into little pieces and I dehydrate it. I don't add, add anything to it. I don't add any herbs. It's strictly your placenta dehydrated into powder form and put into pills. Okay. There's also the steamed method or the parentheses traditional Chinese medicine method, which um, is very similar to the raw method, but instead of putting it directly into the dehydrator, I first gently steam it with lemon and ginger, and so it has this added heat to it. Um, and for clients who are very interested and believe in the philosophy of traditional Chinese medicine, I think it's a great option for them. Um, and a lot of people don't even know what that philosophy is, so I'll quick explain that. When a woman gives birth in the traditional Chinese medicine philosophy, um, her body becomes cold during the birthing process. She loses her her body warmth, okay? okay? And so her body gets out of balance in that postpartum period. And so for a period of time in that postpartum, uh, traditional Chinese medicine believe that a woman should only ingest warming foods, which is where that steaming mm -hmm. comes in. Okay. And lemon and ginger are both warming foods. So that's why adding the lemon and ginger to the water when you're steaming it adds, adds more warmth to it. And so when they ingest that postpartum, it helps bring their body back into balance. Okay. And there are, there are more um, key terms to traditional Chinese medicine, you know, yin and yang. I don't this go into all basic, of that. This is the basic, basic yes. Okay. When you give birth, your body gets cold, your body becomes cold. You're supposed to, you know, ingest only warming foods for a period of time so that your body can get back into balance and become warm again. So once you steam it with this method, then same thing, you same thing, I dehydrate it, it yep. and um, it goes into a pill Exactly. Form. The only so difference they end is up, the steaming part. Okay. Mm -hmm. They end up looking the same. Okay. Um, so you had kind of mentioned the, the job of the placenta in a mother, and we've heard that, you know, there's this myth out there that it can trap all these toxins. Um, so if it traps to toxins, why in the world would I encapsulate and eat it? Can you dispel that myth? Yeah, that's a great question, and I get it a lot. So there's this myth that it, tra it tracks the, the toxins. But in fact, the placenta, yes, it filters and prevents some of these toxins from getting to the baby, but the function of the placenta is to then send it back into the mother's system to get filtered through her system and her kidneys, and then she excretes the waste. So there are no toxins that stay in the placenta. No. And there's actually a study that recently came out. There are very minute amounts that might be in there, just like if, you know... You because it is filtering. Yeah. 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 But not enough... It's not a storage to, container. Exactly. Yeah. There's not enough toxins in the placenta to cause a problem. So are there any side effects... Um, there are a few. I mentioned earlier, you get this really nice energy boost when you ingest your placenta. And so kind of like when you drink too much coffee, 
Mm, you like that like weird caffeine, caffeine yeah, like, you get, like, like the buzz. Yeah. And buzz. Yeah. So some people can be really sensitive to, you know, a certain number of pills that they take the dosage. And so, um, sometimes you can get kind of that jittery feeling. And would you just tell them to take less? Fewer. Then? Yeah. Okay. Everybody is different and everybody's going to respond to it in a different way. I have a general suggestion for dosage. Mm -hmm. um, and I go over that with all of my clients. But if they experience any of these negative side effects, I just recommend that they lower their dosage and mm -hmm. see how their body responds to it. And if it responds better, then go with that. You yeah. know, listen to your body and, and do what it's telling you. Um, another thing is, you know, you might get headaches. Another thing from just like coffee. If you drink too much coffee, you might get a headache. Okay. So just take fewer pills. I, so one of the benefits that I mentioned earlier is that it can help enhance lactation. Mm -hmm. And I had actually a client this summer who she got an extreme amount of oh, okay. <laughs> milk supply. And so in her uh, experience, it was actually kind of a negative thing because she had such an oversupply. oversupply. Right. So she actually kind of, you know, shelved her, her placenta pills for a little bit for like a rainy day when she might have a dip in her supply. Yeah. But taking them regularly was just too much for her. So you can store them. Um, you know, and I've heard of that for moms who, you know, maybe I have a good day and a bad day. And if I feel like I'm feeling down or need some energy, I'm just going to store them and use them when I need them. So mm -hmm. they have like an immediate effect like that. Yeah. Okay. For a lot of clients, they do. And so, yeah, I can go into really quick what my recommendation is for the pills. So yeah. because in those, that first week or two, you have like a really di uh, huge dip in hormones, that's when your body would really benefit from taking the capsules. And then after those first two weeks, I recommend kind of weaning yourself off of them. So mm -hmm. for those first two weeks, I recommend about four pills a day. Okay. Um, and then after that, you know, I say, okay, so for the third week, see how your body does with three or two pills a day and kind of go from there. Because you don't want to go from four pills a day to nothing. Because mm -hmm. that kind of defeats then you're the doing purpose that job of again. why you're yeah. doing this. Right. So, yeah, you know, see how you feel for, you know, the third week with three pills and just kind of go from there. And um, I also recommend that, you know, if you're anticipating a very stressful day, like you're, you know, at week one and everybody in your family wants to come meet your baby and, you know, your mother-in-law is coming and she stresses you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take an extra pill. Yeah. It might help. Yeah. Or, you know, your first excursion out to go grocery shopping yeah. with a newborn and, you know, your toddler that you also have running around. Right. Take an extra pill. Okay. It can kind of help you get through that. <laughs> and I have, I have, you know, a lot of clients who, while they're regularly taking them, you know, consistently, um, they don't really notice a difference. But it's the day that you forget to take one of your doses okay. that you notice this huge drop and you're like, oh, okay. holy crap, these things are amazing. Like yeah. I feel totally different when I forget to take my pills. Yeah. And I have partners who have, you know, given me feedback and they say, I can tell when my partner hasn't taken her placenta pills. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's hmm. a lot of fun to hear like their side of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have one more question for you real quick. Um, are there any reasons that a mother would not be able to encapsulate her placenta? Definitely. Infection is the biggest one. Okay. If you have any signs of infection, so like a fever of 100.4, that's a sign that there's something going on and you have an infection. In labor, birth, or immediate postpartum, that's a huge red flag. Okay. 
I would not encapsulate a placenta with a, a client that has a sign of an infection or a confirmed infection. Um, because a lot of times it has to do with an in utero infection or chorioamnionitis, which is another uh, common infection when you're giving birth. That's a no-no. So how would you find that out? What if mom doesn't know, dad doesn't you know, know to tell you? Do you ask a doctor or a nurse when you pick up the placenta? How would you find that out? Um, I have on, when I, when a client orders, uh, placenta services from me, I send them an email and it's also on my order form. I give like suggestions and, you know, instructions about what their responsibilities are in the process. Okay. So they, they're they responsible have, for telling you. They have to tell me. Okay. They have to tell me. And if they don't like liability is off me because mm-hmm. I told you, you have to tell me these things. Um, and if a woman is giving birth in a hospital, like they're going to tell they're her gonna she has know a fever. if they have a fever, right. they're going to put her on antibiotics. Like they're going to, she's going to have to stay longer. Like I'll know. She'll know. And know. it's important too, because there's a difference between an infection in labor and an infection that might show up immediately postpartum. And I am usually not able to bring back the pills by day three postpartum. And so there's that time frame where something might come up. Um, on, you know, day one postpartum, like, okay, you, it looks like you had an infection, you know, just after birth. I still would not feel comfortable encapsulating or giving her those pills because it could have been present during mm-hmm. that birthing process and it mm-hmm. might have infected the placenta. Okay. Um, and so another one is neonatal infection. So, uh, sepsis, uh, GBS, uh, neonatal sepsis. There's also, um, uh, what E. coli is another big one that can give uh, sepsis and an infection to the baby. So if the baby get, becomes infected, either you know in pregnancy, in labor, in birth, or immediately postpartum, I would not feel comfortable encapsulating the placenta. Okay. Lyme disease is also another thing that a lot of encapsulators don't feel comfortable doing because it's so hard to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And even if they get treated in pregnancy and it becomes resolved, the, um, it's called, I am terrible at pronouncing this word, but spiro sheets okay. can still be in the placenta. Okay. And so I, I wouldn't really be comfortable doing encapsulation for somebody who has Lyme disease. Um, I get a lot of questions about, um, like STDs mm-hmm. and HIV and that kind of stuff. And they're not necessarily contraindications to encapsulation because if you have the STD you already have it, like ingesting your placenta really is not going to be that big of a deal. But I have to be very careful for my own safety. Mm-hmm. And I have it on my website, to, you know, let me know if you have these things. But regardless of if I know or not, I'm still practicing universal precautions. I'm still protecting myself. I treat every placenta as if it has a blood print pathogen. Okay. And so it's not necessarily a contraindication. Uh, it's just good to know. Um, I'm glad you mentioned GBS because we're going to have you on again another time okay. um, to talk specifically about that because I think um, that article that came out a while ago um, had some pretty heavy implications yeah. for the placenta encapsulation world. So we will ask you about that again later. Um, thank you so much for being on. If you guys want to get a hold of Rebecca, you can find her on our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. She has a separate tab 
for placenta encapsulation. You can learn a little bit about her, um, all of her different methods and pricing, and then she has a frequently asked questions tab as well um, for some of the most common, common questions. So thanks for listening. Um, check us out on iTunes, and we will talk to you next time.